Hello, and welcome to Clamp, the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm your host, Morley Kurt, and joining me as always is Grant Alexander. Hello. And Mr. Adam Mackey. Hello. It's been a little while. I feel like it's been um, half a lifetime since I've talked to you guys. Um, what have you been it, up it, to, Adam? <laughs> even even for us, it feels like it's been a lifetime as well because we recorded like a week and a half ago for the last episode. Oh, but then true. I forgot I think, that you weren't even on last week, so it's even another week on that for you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been. There's a lot of stuff has happened. What what have you what have you been up to, Adam? Um, I haven't really been doing much. I cut out a draw front on the CNC for my my tool draw, um, but I haven't got any further than that. I haven't actually cut it out of cut it out any further than that. Just the CNC work. Um, so I want to get that done so I can get the video done for the tool draw get that out um and then i've just been like online shopping a lot because um my wife's birthday is coming up and i'm trying Mm. to get ahead so because of lockdown every single shop is closed except for like Uh the main grocery stores and stuff so everything i'm trying to buy online i need everything here within the next like 15 days that's a pretty um, good amount of time i feel like that's very doable yeah and then as I started buying stuff, um, Australia Post, which is like the same as USPS, has turned around and said, we're not picking up any orders for the next four days. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they, so, they returned to sender a lot of stuff, I heard. Uh, yeah, they have been doing to, that as well. Uh, inter- yeah. International. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's been, uh, been pretty tricky trying to get stuff ordered and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's all right getting there well you know it's better than what uh what canada post and usps did which was to just keep accepting packages and having nowhere to put them well my question uh, is what are they going to do in four days time when they have to go pick up four days worth of orders they'll probably just only pick up from certain places yeah I don't know. Right. But that, well, it's been four days now, so hopefully everything starts getting picked up. I mean, um, there's only like three things that haven't actually been picked up yet, so it's not too bad, but just the stress of it all getting here on time. Yeah, it sucks when yeah. stuff's like outside your control like that and you just got to wait. Yeah. You can't do anything about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's stressful. <laughs> all right. Yeah, what, about what about you, you Mr. Grant? Alexander? Excuse me. Mr. I'm toast. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, what have I been up to? I've been making uh, some picture frames, and uh, it's been, you know, just regular old picture frames, nothing too exciting. Uh, they, you know, turned out nice, but uh, I've also went camping in the bowler again, and that was fun. That was our uh, Labor Day. It was a holiday weekend, and uh, it was nice, but we left a day early because uh, it was raining all that day. And then the next day it was supposed to thunder shower and I just didn't feel like getting up in the morning in a thunder shower and trying to pack everything away. So instead yeah. we packed in the light rain, but it was still fun. And, uh, we were on the St. Lawrence river. Um, and got to see like giant cargo ships come by and mm. yeah, it was a lot of fun. I wanted to take my canoe along, but the, uh, the van has like crossbars, but the crossbars are aluminum and the, the gunnels on my canoe are aluminum and they just like the crossbars on the, uh, on the wagon have like a rubber strip in them. And that made it so that you could easily mount it, you know, get it down. And then like, when you get it down, you're supposed to like push on the canoe. And if the canoe moves, it's not tight enough. And if the car moves, then you're good. Right. Well, there's nothing I could do to get the canoe tight enough that it didn't move because there's no give between the aluminum crossbars and the aluminum gunnels. So no matter how tight I got it and it was like, you know, getting to the point where it would any tighter and it would have buckled the canoe. Uh, it just kept making it loose. So I didn't take the canoe because I couldn't think of anything, you know, 10 minutes before leaving on how to fix that. Uh, but if anyone out there has any ideas on what to do, Please message me. I would. My my first idea was like electrical tape or heat shrink tubing, mm. um, because I wanted something that I leave on there. Not like I know I can put like a pool noodle, but I just think that looks like garbage, and I want to 
I want to have it like always right. there, not something I have to take off and on. Well, you could you could wrap like a, a pipe insulation around, which is at least as black. Looks a little nicer, like with electrical tape. Yeah, like the the problem with pipe. So the uh, in the van, the crossbars like hide. They have like a hiding location, so it needs to be super thin for them mm. to fit in their like aerodynamic hiding location um, in the like the the roof rack rails. There, it's kind of a neat design, but I think heat so, shrink would probably be your best bet. I've used he- yeah. I used heat shrink in the past for for things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, then that's probably where I'll go, unless yeah. somebody else has another idea. Um, and yeah, the last thing I've been working on is uh, I've, I'm going to be making a bed for Fletcher, a toddler bed. It's going to be sort of like a tent. Um, that's the plan. And it'll be fun. So his room is like dinosaur themed as if he's like on a dinosaur safari. So he's going to be like camping out with dinosaurs is the plan. Nice. Cool. Four po- I always wanted a four poster bed as a kid. That's what I think yeah. of when you say a tent-like bed. So that's, I'm sure he'll love it. Yeah. So this one's going to be more triangular. Hmm. Like a TV? Kind of like a – well, no, just like more like, uh, you know, an old-school triangle tent. Hmm. Nice. But it'll like be fun. Frame? Uh, yeah. Like a, a bed frame. frame. House frame? Yeah. It'll hmm. be fun. You guys will see it. Once you see it, you'll be like, yeah, that's what he's talking about. To be a kid again. I can imagine it. I have a picture in my head. Okay. Well, once you see it, you might be, oh, that's what he actually meant. I want to sleep in a dinosaur for safari. Yeah, me too. Sounds terrifying. Oh, well, I will say we did, <laughs> while we were camping, we went to a place called Prehistoric World, and it was a blast. Uh, Fletcher really enjoyed it. There's just a whole bunch of like concrete dinosaurs in this guy's backyard. Like yeah, right. say there was like a hundred of them and it's like oh, some, funny. they were like huge ones yeah. or small ones. Right. And, and giant ones. Like I think it was a life-size brontosaurus. Um, it was pretty awesome. And he really liked the stegosaurus. They didn't have an ankylosaurus, which made me sad because that's my favorite. Thank you. my favorite. Yeah. Mm. And the, the saddest part is that he brought a whole bunch of dinosaurs with him. And when he got to Stegosaurus, he like had his backpack and he like pulled out all the dinosaurs and he didn't bring Stegosaurus. And so he was like know. kind of upset at the fact that he couldn't show Stegosaurus like his little toy that he loves. So he would yeah. call Steggy or Stego. And he was like, I want to show Stego to Stegosaur to this big Stegosaurus. Anyways, it was funny. <laughs> um, so instead he showed him a car. And that seemed to be okay with him. So I got yes. a bunch of pictures of a like a 1970s, I don't know, Dodge on top of a Stegosaurus. <laughs> what are you up to, Morley? Yeah, it's been a lifetime since I talked to you guys. Um, so we wrapped up camp. Um, it was a sprint to the finish line um, in part because – so to give you the timeline, the last day of camp was a Friday. So that was the end. And that night we put on the end of season banquet for all of the staff. So for about a hundred people, which was quite a thing to do on its own, aside from all of the camp planning. Uh, And then after that, the day after we packed up everything because we run the camp out of a curling club and the other location is run out of a private school and had to clean everything up and move back to the makerspace. And then the next day I left uh, for vacation in the States. So it was like an incredibly busy week. Um, it was fun. And it was, it was a really nice ending. Although there was a bit of damper on the final day because I was like a little sleep deprived because like I mentioned last week, I was making the uh, eight leather bound notebooks mm-hmm. for the instructors. And I stayed up pretty late the night before uh, finishing them because I was going to give it to them on the last day of camp. And so every morning at camp, I, uh, I fill up those big orange water jugs. I fill up two of them with ice and water for the kids. And I was wheeling them out like I do every day. And I hit a transition on the floor, the same one I hit every day. But on this particular day, I hit the transition 
and the cart flipped that I was wheeling them on. And those things hold a lot of water. Luckily, only one of them opened and whoosh, just like flooded the floor. So I was like, oh no, uh, rushed to clean it up. And in the chaos of everything, I set my laptop directly in the puddle of water. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but then I, I came back to it after kind of cleaning up. I'm like, oh, this is a thoroughly wet computer. And mm-hmm. it uh, did not turn on. So that whole day I like had fans on it and I was kind of stressed about not being able to use it. Cause you know, it, it's just a thing, but with the work that I do, like so much of it is through my laptop, like my video editing, like this podcast, all my work at my at camp at the job. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really kind of felt like I was, you know, had my legs broken to a certain extent. So I was trying to like keep perspective. I was like, ah, oh, this is just this annoying thing that happened. Um, but luckily I took it to a computer repair shop in Cape Cod when I went to visit my family. Fantastic place. They took it apart, dried it off, put it back together and it worked. So really, wow, all good in the end. And it was like a $75 just, you know, labor fee. So pretty much best case scenario. Wow. Um, so I was, I was very happy about that. With that in mind, have you now backed up all your in progress stuff? It is all backed up. So I, I, oh, okay. I put I put all of my um all of my projects, basically all of my videos and, and and projects and everything, I put on a hard drive. I edit directly off of my hard drive. Okay. I do still have a bunch of stuff on my computer, like random files and such. Um, cause my hard drives are essentially only for making videos and, and making and all my other little ventures. Um, but it's still like, you know, the workstation with all my programs set up how I want. So anyways, that's all good. Yeah. I have absolutely nothing backed up. Me either. Just want to throw that out there. So yeah. it's all I just put, locally on your computer. Yeah. So, well, it used to be on a hard drive. So I used to transfer all my, like all my video, all my camera footage and everything over to my hard drive and then edit straight from that. And I've just put a brand new SSD into my computer cause it has like two expansion slots. Um, cause I'll see you having to have a hard drive plugged in, but now I'm thinking maybe I should transfer to the SSD and then also transfer to the hard drive as a backup. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You should, <laughs> but I don't like, I don't care about keeping well, footage. It's just once the, once the video is edited, I'm happy just to delete it. So I have all my old footage on a hard drive. Yeah. So do I, I but. I've, I have lost hard drives. I've never lost a computer hard drive i've lost every time i've lost a hard drive it's been external Mm. so any external hard drive i have i don't trust i trust my computer but obviously you know that's just you know some sort of like bias there on which on which hard drives die it it has nothing to do like internal ones die all the time too but uh if i if my computer were to die tomorrow and the hard drive was gone i just quit i just quit be done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like you need uh you should you could your process could use some resilience and I feel like a uh, a couple hundred dollar hard drives would do you some good state of mind wise. No, oh, I I I'm like if that happens that's something that's the universe saying just quit. You don't need to do this anymore. Hmm. And I'm okay with it. We'll save the psychological review to later. But uh right. <laughs> I just I just like how you jump to just quit and not just all right, quit that video. Yeah, I've got like seven videos in progress on my yeah. thing. I've got you know probably like three hundred gigabytes of video um, across seven different projects. Yeah, back up your shit is all I'll say. Hey. Anyways, um, so that was all good in the end. Um, traveled down to the states, had a lovely time visiting family, doing lots of water activities. Uh, saw lots of friends in Boston who are now living and working there. Um, and it was just a, just an overall very nice time tested negative for COVID twice. So I'm in the clear, got back across the border and yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up the video on making all those notebooks, which is, it's, it's a pretty, I, I think it's a pretty fun video cause it like spans a lot of time and locations and I filmed giving it to the, all the instructors. Um, so I hope to have that out before this episode comes out. Um, 
but yeah, now I'm, I'm back at work at the steam project. Um, we're preparing for our, um, our courses for this fall. We rented a new space in the same complex, um, basically a whole separate workshop for all of the woodworking and CNC and laser production work will be in there. And now the makerspace is kind of reserved for like the sewing and the robotics and the, the 3d printing and the sort of less dusty stuff. So it's, it's the past two days have been like, okay, like how are we going to set these spaces up and unpacking from camp? Um, Oh, and a cut that I stupidly got today just um, started bleeding again. So hopefully that doesn't bleed everywhere. Um, But yeah, just like lots of unpacking boxes and things um, and trying not to rush too much and get stupid little injuries like this one. Um, Always happen when you're in a rush. Yeah, that's it. It's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of things to do. So it could be very easy to just like jump around from thing to thing. But yeah, like you said, that's when those stupid little injuries happen, like slicing the side of your finger with a utility blade that like is just poking a tiny bit out of the handle. Yeah. Well, have you ever gotten any other, like a a more serious injury working either in the shop or or leather leather working or out in the mountains? Oh, well, now you're expanding it to other things. I mean, in terms of workshop injuries, I've had some really scary close calls to the point where you're like, you feel like your mind just split to a parallel universe. And like, I swear there's another version of me that just cut off my finger. You know when that happens, like when it's so close and it feels like it did happen and you have to like convince yourself that it didn't. Um, I've had that happen a couple of times where you just get really scared in the moment and you're like, oh, wow, I'm really happy that. I have my finger, but I don't quite believe it. And it feels like I, I could have just lost it. I've, but I've never had that happen. And really, it's like the shock of the close call. That's what I, I feel. I never. I don't think I've ever gotten my fingers that close to the blade where I didn't feel I was in control. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't fingers being close to the blade. It was like really intense kickback or something falling where... You know, it, it's a it's a it's a loud noise. It's a big bang where yeah, the, you I, you feel like you didn't have control of the spinning tool in that moment, and you're like, it was kind of just fate that allowed it to not slice my leg in half. Yeah, okay, definitely have that. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I will say one time I did have it. Is that for some reason? I was I was cutting through a piece of plywood with my circular saw, and I started to reach underneath it to determine whether or not it was cutting fully through mm-hmm. instead of just looking like I didn't, I wasn't like looking underneath it. I just, I just, my hand initially went to test to see if it was cutting like a circular saw blade depth was enough with my fingers. And I just, I stopped and I went, don't do that. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> that would not be good at all. Uh, so yeah. I've had that. that. That'd be one time where I, Oh, where I probably went, oh, you should probably take a break. I think my worst workshop injury was when I was about nine years old. And I was hanging out with my cousin at my grandpa's house and we got some sticks from the woods. And we were using chisels to shave off the bark to make nice walking sticks. And I was holding the stick with one hand and the chisel in the other and I was chiseling directly towards my palm. The chisel slipped, went into my palm and I cut my hands and they filled with blood. And went yes. to the emergency room and they, they glued it shut. And after that experience, I'm very conscious of the direction that pointy tools are being pointed. Yeah, it's uh, Doug Linker has a thing and he says, uh, you know, you can point it at your friend instead of your yourself because you can always replace <laughs> your friend. Yeah. No, I'm very conscious of it now because I'm I have to watch out for – everyone working, everyone who I'm managing to be safe. So I, I'm, I'm always thinking about it now. Like it's people, what I notice the most is people get really into a project and then they just immediately forget about any safety. They're like, Oh, I just want to, I want to drill this hole. Like I just want to get this hole drilled and then I'll, it'll be a two second operation and I'll be done. And they're doing it like in their lap with no clamps. They're holding a drill in one hand and a piece in the other. And you just see, be like, buddy, stop. 
put it on a table, clamp it down and then restart. Like it's not worth mm-hmm. it. It's really not worth it. I, that's what I'm telling people all the time is like, like just, just slow down. Like look what you're doing. This is not safe. Yeah. I always find it's the last hole or the last cut or the, whatever it is, it's the last one that I had planned to do. Not the last, you know, and that's the one that either is going bad or, you know, like is the close call because I think in my mind, I've already moved to the next thing. Mm. Right. So it's the same. If you only do a one drill, you're like, I could just, I'll just hold it and drill it like this. Blah. No, that's not a good idea. Um, yeah. So I definitely hear you. I feel like I get injured like every time I go into the shop. <laughs> have you, Adam, have you had a bad or a moderate workshop injury? Uh, um, depends on, on how you put it. I mean, I've slipped with the drill a few times and got holes in my hands. Um, so which one is it? This thumb, if I touch like the bottom part of my finger here, I, of my hand, I can feel it in the tip of my thumb. Because I've like I drilled it through, I drilled through a nerve, um, and then there's another one. I think on this hand, on my other hand, yeah, on my other hand, oh yeah, this finger. If I touch the end of it, I can feel it down in the bottom of my hand. But that was di- that was different. I cut my finger on a piece of glass. Um, mm. Yeah, I've drilled into my hand a few times. I've definitely cut myself a lot, and I'm, I'm very accident prone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a. I remember once I was using a um, Brad nailer. And the nail went into the into the piece of wood. It must have hit a knot or something. Turned around in the piece of wood and shot back out. And hit me in the eyeball. Oh yeah, in the eyeball. Holy yeah! I'm so lucky it didn't go in. Like I wasn't just wearing glasses off. or anything. Ever since I wear glasses, every time I use a bread nailer. But yeah, it just bounced off. Thank God. Holy yeah, uh, the wow. nailers are scary. They're so unpredictable. Like one of my yep. first days at the scene shop, like I was being careful with like keeping my hand out of the path of the. Um, of the nail, but even so, like it kind of shot out at an angle. This was a, this was like a two and a half inch staple and kind of went through the webbing between my thumb and my forefinger. And I was like, yikes, that if that went a fraction of an inch lower, it would have been much more painful, but it wasn't actually too bad in the moment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I've the, my biggest workshop injury that I can recall is uh, like a kickback that got me in the gut. And it was like, you know, trying to cut the wood and it just like pinched the blade and just like threw it back at it. Um, and it just got me right in the gut. And I know it was probably because I was doing a, a piece that was too, like too small, like not long enough and cutting yeah. it on the, on the table saw. And that you, if you've gone paintballing, yeah, and you've gotten like a close, like somebody's got you real close up, and you have got one of those welts from paintballing, it was like that. Oh wow! Except for it was square instead of circular. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> yeah, all of my injuries have been like dumb mistakes, but like That's doing what I something feel like- wrong or stuff. Yeah, I've, I've never had like kickback or anything like that. Yeah, and dumb injuries hurt the most as well. Like one of my like most annoying injuries was I was I was walking so McGill, the the university I went to is built on this on this big hill on the side of Montreal in Montreal, which for the Anglophones means Mount Royal. And um <laughs> it was raining and I was going to like this barbecue walking up the hill and I was kind of rushing through the rain and it's it's where all like the student house like apartments and stuff are. So, you know, there's like smash beer bottles and stuff around. And I stepped on a piece of glass and it went like through the sole of my shoe and just like slightly poked me in the foot enough that I realized it. And I was like, Oh, I I need to get this piece of glass out of my shoe, but it didn't actually cut my foot. And I kind of like stopped and quickly tried to kind of like pull it out of my shoe with my fingernail. And sorry about that. Like twice in a row, my nail slipped on the piece of glass and it like Mm. kind of sliced my cuticle and it happened once. And I was like, Oh, like I just didn't get a good enough grip. And then I did it twice more and it happened again and made the cut even worse. And now my, my, (laughs) on my pointer finger, my cuticle is like all deformed because of where that cut happened. Oh God. 
And it wasn't like an especially bad injury, but it was so stupid and preventable and entirely because I was rushing and like didn't want to be standing in the rain. So when I was a kid, um, the bus shelter near our house, like me and my brother went to like catch the, the school bus to get to go to school. And the bus shelter near our house had been like smashed by some kids or whatever happened or a car ran into it. I don't know. We weren't there for that part, but there was just glass all on the ground. And my brother picked up a piece of glass and immediately cut himself. <laughs> and he was just bleeding everywhere. And so what, what did I do as like a six-year-old? I picked up the piece of glass and immediately was bleeding everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> like I, when you're talking about like I just – I went, well, I can do it. I'm better than my four-year older than me brother. I can definitely – you know, handle the piece of glass that he can't handle. I'll show him anyways. So we both ran back to our house and got all bandaged up. But mm. Yeah. I find myself like, you know, once you have enough stupid injuries and you start to recognize like where they come from. And like I said, I haven't had any bad workshop injuries, but I've had like, I'm like the piece picking the piece of glass on my shoe. I've had plenty of other, other dumb injuries. I've gotten a bit better at like, knowing when to like pay more attention when I may not have in the past. Like we've been doing a lot of moving, you know, at the end of camp and now this week moving stuff around the two spaces. And it's like, you know, if you're moving a big piece of furniture and you don't think you're going to like quite make it through the door and then you make it to the door and part of you wants to celebrate and be like, Oh yeah, we got it. All right. Like, but when you start doing that, you lose attention and that's when, something bad is going to happen. So like today, for example, I find myself, we we're, we're two of us were moving uh, one of our small desktop CNCs and we kind of like, I don't know, got through a tough spot and I was like, yes. And I was like, okay, I need to stop being happy and just get this to a point where it can be put down safely. Cause that's when I'm going to drop it and ruin all the hard work that we did. When you, when you kind of like forget about where you are, that's when those bad things happen. Yeah. yeah, you're carrying something heavy and you get it through the doorway and then you're like, high five. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also like, you know, it makes it all the worse too because you just put on all this work and then you ruin it yeah. for no good reason. I learned, I learned the other day not to touch CNC bits. Yeah, actually. Uh, so yeah. tell your story and then I'll tell a related one. Yeah, so so I put the C, I put the CNC bit in, in the router bit. I put the like the... Yeah, the CNC bit in the router. Um, and then I was, I don't know what I did, but for some reason I put my hand past the router. And as I pulled my hand back, I caught it on the bottom corner of this, of the CNC bit. And this is a brand new CNC bit. So it was extremely sharp and I just sliced my finger completely open. Um, the the exact th- same thing happened to one of our staff members. He like just kind of, I think for him, it was like, he was just kind of like, just sliding his finger down the CNC bit just to see what it was. And he sliced open his finger and he had to go to the hospital. Ooh. Well, I didn't go to, Ooh, hospital. To go I've to never, the hospital. I've never, I've yeah, never gone it to hospital. It wouldn't stop bleeding. No, neither did mine. Mine was, mine bled for about two days. I just kept taping <laughs> it up. Okay. I don't, I don't go to hospital. I, um, I, so I said like, so the, the, the cut on my right hand, um, which is from a piece of glass, we had this, um, portable air conditioner and I reached behind it not realizing that a glass had broken behind it and I just sliced my hand open and it was like, it probably needed stitches and I just dealt with it. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't go to the hospital either. No, I don't go to the hospital. I don't go to the doctor. So one time, and I probably should have because I definitely yeah, didn't have too. my te- tetanus <laughs> shot, but uh, one time I stepped on a rusty nail. Mm-hmm. So yeah. something I've learned is now when I take, like when I'm doing demo, Anytime I'm doing demo now, I immediately bend over all the nails. Yeah. If I take something out and it's got a bunch of nails in it, I bend them over. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm just hammering them away, bending them over so that you won't step directly on them. Um, it's something I've, I've too many times I've either like grabbed onto it and the nails have like poked me and that's not too bad because you don't have the grip, but I've definitely got a nail through the shoe that went through the shoe into my like arch of my foot. Yeah, that sucked. I um, still do that. Well, I don't do that anymore because I bend over all the nails. And yeah. I save F you to those nails. 
That happened to me in high school when um, my buddy and I were in a, in a bunch of us were we were building like a fort in the woods to, you know, hang out out of sight of our parents. And we were doing it with a bunch of this. It was a very well placed woods because in everyone's backyards, they would throw out like construction debris. So we found like old windows and like entire sections of walls and couches and stuff. So we were old enough that we could actually like, we we made this fort like multiple stories. It was kind of like a tree house and it was, it was pretty sweet, but lots of rusty nails. Um, and one day I was, uh, helping my friend build it and I stepped right on a nail and it was the day before I was going to hike Mount Washington, which is the tallest mountain in like the east, or I think the northeast of the United States. Um, and I still did the hike the next day. And it was the type of, you know, pain where like you kind of forget about it after a certain while. You kind of just internalize <laughs> it. But after that hike, we like, it was an awesome hike. We get in the car. Um, we go to get pizza and I get out of the car. At the pizza place, is three times the size. Well, and I go to take a step, and I like fall down because it hurts so bad. <laughs> uh, also, didn't get a tetanus shot, but uh, I've yet to have lockjaw, so I don't think I got tetanus from that. Yeah. So when I worked in a kitchen, I uh, they had like a, a like the back door had like I don't know a piece of wood that was just like their whole and and everyone would do chin ups on it. And one time I jumped up and you had to jump to do chin-ups and I used to be in better shape. Um, so you'd jump up, grab onto the piece of wood. There was a, there was a, a rusty nail just sticking up there and Ooh. I just grabbed on as tight as I could right into this rusty nail. And that sucked. And that's when I found yes. out about these like finger condoms that you put on oh, if you yeah. in the kitchen. I'd yeah. I've never seen them before. Yeah. Very, okay. very handy. The big thing at, at camp this summer, the most common injury is hot glue gun burns. All oh, the kids. Yeah. So many songs. Yeah. Like, so we, we use them all the time. We have like say, every ten, time. tens of them. And it's worse when, like, when you have a group of 20 kids all using hot glue guns at once, kids are like, you know, they bump their elbows into another hot glue guns. There's plenty of kids that want to just put the glue directly on their hands and play with it. So I've done that. There was definitely like a couple days the camp nurse was a little frustrated coming to me like, like, are we done with these hot glue gun activities? Like, I'm tired of calling parents and telling them their kids got burned again. <laughs> she just moves so, in, sets up a tent. I'm here for the day now. Yeah, yeah honestly. The, uh, when I was in grade nine, we had a technology class. And one of the things, like, I don't know what we were building, but we all had hot glue guns. And I might have been bullied a bit. But uh, the, one of the the, I, the group I was in, they were like they they all showed like that they had hot glue on their fingernail, and I'm sure what they did is they waited for it to cool and then put it on there, and then they said, "If you're cool, Grant, you'll put it on your fingernail and you won't oh. squirm." Oh no! <laughs> so they put this massive pile on my fingernail, and uh, yeah, it hurt a lot. Yikes! I bet. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So for some reason, I always burn myself with a hot glue gun and a soldering iron. Every time. Mm. I have definitely picked up a soldering iron like a pencil. Yeah, I've it's done that. Fun. Yeah. yeah. I wish that they made a soldering iron that you could hold like a pencil. It would be so much easier. They do. You hold they it do. like a pencil from really far away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an closer. pencil. Yeah. They, they have ones that are closer. Okay. It's just. I hate soldering. Yeah. You got to buy it. You got to pay more money. But that's yeah. like everything. Like a lot of things, if you want to prevent injuries, you can usually buy stuff that's better that'll be less chance of preventing injuries. So on my saw, it doesn't have a riving knife. They didn't come with them. Everyone on the internet who tells me, why are you making these cuts without a riving knife? Well, that's because they didn't come on my saw. It's not a thing. I would definitely use a riving knife if, if I had one. But yeah. that's a piece of technology that's really old technology. But there's things like saw stop would be, you know, Jacob uh, from Native Sun Wood Art. Just the saw stop at his makerspace had uh, been like the the someone else had had uh, hit it, and you know the they needed a new cartridge. 
So he was using the non saw stop saw and cut his finger. Ooh. You know, yikes. Mm. Yeah. So that probably hurt a lot. Um, and then, you know, that's I. That's one of those things that I love my saw because of the sentimental value that it gives me. But I think it's one of the few things that I think I might one day actually upgrade just yeah. for like the ease because I, I don't do it every day that, you know, I might one day make a stupid mistake. But then at the same time, I think people who do it every day end up becoming complacent. Complacent. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah I, you're I, also I, just I'll eat. admit. Go on, Adam. I was going to say, I'll admit, I, I don't use a, a um, table saw safe at all. I don't use guards. I, I most of the time, if it's if it's not on camera, I'm not using a push stick. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not really the safest when it comes to it. I don't really use a table saw that often though. And I, well, yeah, I don't use a push stick all the time. I find that my hands are direct feedback yeah. to me, and I can mm-hmm. really feel if the wood is moving or doing something stupid, I can stop. Yeah, and if I'm using when a push stick, yeah. But when you're when you're cutting something an inch an inch thick on camera, people will destroy you in the comments if you're not using a push stick. Oh, I'm definitely people always do, and I say yeah. I don't care. I'm definitely yeah. more scared of a miter saw than a table saw. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I. Yeah, I feel like, and I have like pretty comparable experience with both of them. Probably like same amount of, out. Well, I've definitely used a table saw continuously for longer than a miter saw. I just feel like things feel more explodey on a miter saw than they do on a table saw. That's what I'll say. Like there's a bigger chance of the piece, like just exploding altogether if it's not being held properly uh, or something like that. I feel like a table saw just feels more controlled. I think a table saw used properly with either the fence or the, you know, a, a sled or a miter slot gauge. Um, Definitely, if used properly, I think a table saw is safer than a miter saw. Um, but then if you start introducing things like clamps and stop blocks on a miter saw, I think that it can also be safe. Yeah, yeah I just sure. I don't think it comes with as many safety features built mm-hmm. into it that a table saw does. Like, it doesn't have you know, defense you know what, the same way. Yeah, you know what I think it is about a table saw that I really like is that, like, you can see you can see everything that's happening the whole way through unless you're doing some sort of blind cut mm. like you see the blade passing through the wood whereas with a miter saw like as you lower the saw you're kind of blocking your field of view and unless like you're super comfortable on it and you have really good proprioception where knowing where all your body parts are and where the wood is it's like you have this moment of blindness that i don't really like whereas i feel like i can see the whole process on a table saw I guess I grew up with safety squints, so I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah, I find that really interesting because I have no fear of miter saws at all. Um, I'm definitely I wouldn't more scared say, yeah. of the table than the miter saw. But I will say the scariest, the scariest thing for me is cutting um, aluminium on a miter saw. <laughs> like it always has that like clunky sound, and it just scares the shit out of me every time. <laughs> so I I would say when I was less experienced. I was more afraid of the table saw. But as I've gotten more experienced, I'm more afraid of the miter saw hmm. than, than the table saw. I still am yeah. like the router is the thing that to me is the most. Oh, yeah, the router uh, for sure. I've yeah. never been injured by a router. I can just see it going like mm-hmm. like a wood chipper, my finger going into it and just like disappearing. And if it like mind. catches a little bit weird and you get jolted and stuff. Um, oh, I've definitely had it throw a piece across yeah. the garage, and I just yeah. went, "What happened?" And it just like caught a knot, and just went like, you know, smooth sailing, smooth sailing. Caught a knot, went boom. I um I I have a a new router that I need to install into my router table because another one blew up. Um, but the other day I needed to use a flush trim bit, so I just put it in the CNC and then turned the CNC C on so it was like locked in place. And use it as like an upside down router table. Oh, I don't know if it can affect. I don't know if it can affect the CNC though, because I'm like pushing on the belts. Like, so I I didn't really want to do it. I probably won't do it again. But 
I mean, it, it works mm. for the time being. Right. Cause the only thing that's, that's providing a stop is like the transmission. It's like putting your car in park, exactly. parking on the hill, but it yeah, can't exactly. be much different. Like it can't be much more stress than just the resistance that it's operating against when it's cutting through a piece of wood. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure not. I mean, so the, the CNC I got, they also make like an upgraded version, which is all um, like threaded screw instead of belts. Yeah. Um, which I think would be a lot better. But like being, a, I just like, there's a bit of tension on the belt, you know, like it has that little bit of flex yeah. and that. So I was a bit worried about that. But um, yeah, it was, it was interesting we, trying to do that. We got one of those at work this summer, uh, the screw feed CNC. It's a Onefinity. Yeah. And I wish I got beast. one. Like yeah. the servos. I, I wish like I went roar. for the upgraded one. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just I, w- is, I wish I went powerful. for the upgraded model, but I didn't really know much about it at the time. Um, and as everyone like that I've talked to said, like if you didn't get the one you got, you wouldn't know that you wanted the, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> like you need that experience. So I'll, I'll p- we'll probably upgrade one day if the business goes where I want it to. Stuff, For sure. but, um, but back to like the table saw, I think something that I need to keep in mind is that I've never had a good table saw. Like every table saw I've had is like a cheap, like the most I've ever spent on a table saw is $200. Oh, oh my know, God. Like- so I used a friend of mine's like cheap rigid contractor saw that he bought. Yeah. And which is probably still scary. better than what I have. Yeah. It was scary the entire time. Yeah. The, exactly. It was, and it was just like, it just didn't feel safe the entire time using it and he had a micro jig gripper and everything yeah. and i just went this is i don't want to be around when this is happening like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I, I think over um, my house <laughs> installing it into my my workbench i think it's a lot safer than it was because it's mm-hmm. all very sturdy but it's still like it's not a proper table saw so. you know buying nicer tools also just makes it safer. Like when you don't have to worry about the quality of the cut or like in my case, I used a, for the first like four or so years of like making on my own outside of like my parents' basement, I was using my, my dad's old corded Ryobi tables, sorry, circular saw from like, I don't know, the early two thousands or the late nineties or whatever. And blue, it was blue. Yeah, dark blue, and the good ones. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess it was fine, but you know, I always had to be maneuvering around the cord, and it was super loud. So it was like, you know, if I didn't have ear protection all the way in, it was like pretty jarring to use. So it it didn't feel like the most comfortable thing to use, and now I have the the cordless one, which is brushless and way quieter, and just the comfort of using it makes it feel so much safer. Because number one, I don't have to worry about maneuvering around the cord and I just am more confident that it's going to get a quality cut easier. It just feels it's a much nicer experience. And from that it's, it is safer. Right. And I think that's a big, like a trip hazards are a big thing that people don't think about a lot in the shop. But I think you're talking about the cord is one of the things that it's very easy to, to like wrap yourself around with a corded tool. Yeah, and I know like Jeff, a weird guy, was chatting on the Discord group on the Makers on Zoom having Discord group about getting a new sander. <laughs> Makers on Zoom like, having Discord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, he was chatting about um, getting a new sander, and he was like, "I'll just get a corded one because I don't want to buy a, a Ryobi one. I don't want to have yep. a new. I don't want to have a new new battery system." And I just went like, "Just just buy the better." like buy once cry once it's one of those things that i i don't know i i just couldn't see going back to corded tools unless i was doing eight hours of drilling or eight hours of sanding so i i actually did go the opposite i used to have the like the ryobi wire um cordless um circular saw and i always had issues with it not i didn't always have issues towards the end of its life i had issues with it but i used to use mm-hmm. it to, like cut up pallets and stuff so i bought a corded makita um circular saw and i i find it so much better to use um i don't know if it's in my head that i just assume that a battery one's not going to be as good but wow. yeah the, the only issue i've yeah, I know. But the, the only issue, and I, know, and- I know. The only issue I've had a couple of times is that I don't think about the cord um, with the actual wood that I'm cutting. So if I'm cutting a full sheet, I'll get halfway through cutting the sheet and the cord's cut on, caught on the other end of the sheet of like MDF yes. or whatever. 
Um, but other than that, I never have issues with, with like cutting um, like troop hazards and all that sort of stuff. Um, in saying that, to say what um, with Jeff and that is I think that if it's something you need to connect dust extraction to, there's no issue with having a corded power tool because you're going to have that hose anyway. And if that is an issue for you, then you can connect, you could, you know, use zip ties or something to connect the cord to the hose. And then it takes away that trip hazard because you've got that biggest surface area to keep an eye on. Um, like you've got something going to it anyway. So why not have the cord? I, I almost never connect my sander to the dust thing. Do you know, I never used to. And then I got like a, not a good sander. It cost me 50 bucks from Audi, but like, it's very powerful. And um, it doesn't stop when you push down on the top. Like the Ryobi one, if you push down on the top, it just stops spinning, but it vibrates. It doesn't keep. Yeah. Um, so like this one, it, like if I push hard down on the top, it still spins. And yeah. I connected the dust extraction to it. And like, what a difference it made. Like I went from not being able to breathe in my shop with a dust mask on to not even needing PPE at all. So I think that's very interesting because I think that you're just, again, comparing apples and oranges, but I agree. (laughs) Uh, Well, no, but the Ryobi one, the the Ryobi sander I have, like the cordless one doesn't have dust extraction at all. So So. anyways, we'll (laughs) we'll stop this like nonsense that you're, you're comparing different things here but i do think ppe is something that people really should think about more um mm. i know i personally have been starting to use ear protection a lot more i always i'm almost always wearing my safety glasses as soon as i get out into the shop um and there's been a few times where i've gone to like i've started up my table saw realized all my safety glasses on go but i'm only making one cut but then I also go, and that's the one that's going to go into my eye. And then I go grab the safety glasses, right? Like I've got yeah. like myself trained in order to actually do it. I hate but, safety uh, glasses. They always get fogged up. Uh, buy better ones. Yes, I, I need to. Just but. everything that you do, you you need to step it up one notch and then it'll be <laughs> so much better. <laughs> I know. I'm always, I'm always like kind of blown away how when I see people like not wear hearing protection. So I'm like, that tool's like really loud. Like it's unpleasant to use without hearing protection. Like I just don't understand. Yeah. I, I so I pretty much always wear hearing protection if I'm using a loud tool. And uh, yeah, I guess to protect my eardrums, but it's also like a much more pleasant experience to not. I do. Be, I, I do most <laughs> of the time. Deaf. Yeah, I think those people are likely already. I know I've already lost a lot of my hearing yeah. from not wearing hearing protection when I was younger. Um, and work. The thing is, though, like and stuff. Yeah, like with me, like I'll, I'll wear ear protection in the shop, and then I'll go get in the car with like subs and stuff, and turn the music up really loud. Like you know, but I I won't use hearing protection for the mitosaur, but I use hearing protection for my planer, um, yeah. like for my thickness eye, and I'll use it uh, most of the time for the table saw. Although I don't really like to use it for the table saw because I like I, the hearing of the machine and how the wood's cutting is a lot of feedback for me. Yeah, so. uh, with my hearing protection, you can still hear it. It's just way quieter. Oh, mine! But I agree. Oh, the, yeah. I don't know. I, well, no, but yeah, that's, that's it's it's that's made great. to be like that. It's proper, right? It's proper PPE for that reason. You're not meant to hear anything other than the music that you're playing through it. Um, oh, I, I don't use it. Yeah, and I don't use it for the CNC either um, because usually I just start the cut and then leave. Just come and check on it every 10 minutes or so. Well, so one thing I wanted to talk about when I suggested this topic is uh, is the difference between hobby working and uh, like factory or employment-driven working. Um, so I was watching Don Bullock has a woodworking news is one of his new things. And he was talking about uh, this new bandsaw technology. That's a lot like a saw stop where it stops the blade. And it was mainly intended for meat processing. Oh, places. Interesting. oh. because like obviously bandsaws are used in, in, you know, meat processing a lot. I think it's the um, original use for a bandsaw is cutting meat. Yeah. Very, very possible. Uh, they obviously in a in a processing plant, speed is what you're looking for. The employer wants you to 
process that meat as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And so you sometimes are doing it faster than you probably should. And I know we talked a little bit about speed, but when you're doing it for yourself, even if you're doing it for an employer, but if you're definitely doing it for yourself, I think Morley's it's not worth it should go through your head over and over again. Yeah. It's never worth it. You got five minutes and it's a 10 minute job. Save it for another day. Yeah. I, I think I actually find it easier to work safer uh, when I'm being employed by someone else. I just, yeah, just being able to like depersonalize myself from the work and being like, uh, you know, like this isn't my, it's not like my passion project, you know, even if I might be very into the work that we're doing. So I'm like, uh, let's take the time and, and do this right. It's not my capital that's on the line. Right. But you're also, you haven't worked in like a, well, maybe the pr- the production of the sets, but if you look at like someone who's cutting meat on a thing, it's like grab this leg, cut it in half, cut it this, cut it that way, cut it this way, right? Yeah. And it's a repetitive factory-like setting. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And when I was working for the set shop, uh, you're right. Like it, the production uh, focusedness of it and the, the fact that I wanted to like show I was, you know, a good worker – I would try to do things quickly, even though I might not have been skilled enough to actually do the things quickly. And it was really helpful having the older guys there to be like, like, no, we're not doing this. This isn't safe. Cause they knew what to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're a little more green, you might not even know something you're doing is unsafe. True. Yeah, definitely. So all that to say, if you're, if you're doing it hobby, it's, it's your hobby. Be safe. Right. Especially uh, something we didn't touch on actually is that a lot of people that are doing this as a hobby are probably home alone too. And that's probably something to really keep in mind. Like if you're, if you're totally. at a business, yeah. Like if you're at a business, there's other people working near you. I, most of the time when I'm working is when I'm home alone. So I think it's very important to take safety into consideration in that, in that sense. Well, so it, that reminds me of uh Tenille was on, um, I can't remember if it was Mixers figuring it out or because we make, but she, or even a Zoom call, maybe all three of those. But I can't, she was telling a story about when she worked at a uh, saddle shop and and the guy sewed through his hand. Mm. And obviously, and he was alone working there and she was like his yeah. new employee. And, uh, and she said, well, how did you deal with this before? And he takes off his shoe and throws it at the wall. And a minute later, the, the, the barber from next door comes by oh, wow. and, and is the, is like his lifeline was throwing a shoe at the wall and hoping the barber notices it. It's yeah. like, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's a good segue to the thing we'll all end on is that at work, when we say we're training staff, we say like, if there's a fire, the thing you should do, don't pull the fire alarm, just yell fire as loud as you can. And people will come and help. That's the thing to do. Oh, why not pull the fire alarm? Because unsafe. yelling fire is more effective. Does your fire alarm not actually make a noise? I would like to thank our Patreon supporters. <laughs> 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 um, everyone who supports us there can. Eden's making funny faces. Oh, because Penny's been really cute over there. Uh, has access to the after show and the pre-show, which are a lot of fun. And as well, they get a embossed leather keychain. Uh, Brent, I'm sorry for the delay. As I mentioned, it's been a pretty crazy two weeks. But since Adam was a little late to this recording, I had the chance to finish it up right before we started. So I'll get that sent out in the next uh, day or so. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, Brent from Clean Cut Woodworking, I believe is our F-Clamp level supporter. Um, anyone who supports at that level will shout you out in the show. Um, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to patreon.com slash clamp. But if you want to support us in other ways, we always appreciate if you tell someone about the show who you think would enjoy it. And on that, Clamendations. Clamendations!
So my clamp mendation this week is Dead Rise Woodcraft's Emmett over there. He has been putting on a chess set for charity. I made a pawn. Um, uh, lots of other people. I don't know how many, 32 other people, however many chess pieces there are, have been contributing to this set. Um, and the raffle is on now. And it's really cool. Um, like it's like into everyone made one piece. Uh, some people made more than one, but every single piece is from a separate maker. Um, so go check that out. Go to his Instagram or his YouTube. And uh, also in the show notes, we're going to be leaving a link to his link tree, which where is where you can find um, information to on how to buy uh, raffle tickets and all of the. Uh, proceeds, from what I understand, are going to charity. So, uh, and I believe it's Proud Haven in Pittsburgh, and it's a charity for LGBTQ uh, uh, people who are homeless, and they they help uh, people there. So, it's a really good charity, and uh, yeah, I think it'd be really cool. I bought uh, I bought tickets today, um, so it's pretty easy. Just pay with PayPal. It was nice. Yeah. Noise, noise. Hmm. Yeah, I'll be getting my tickets next week. Um, my clamp mendation for this week is a movie I haven't actually seen yet, but I'm so excited for. I've been waiting for it for like two years now, and that <laughs> is Free Guy with um, Ryan Reynolds and uh, quite a lot of YouTubers, um, apparently. But yeah, it's uh, it's sort of like uh, how do I explain it? It's kind of. Um, it's kind of like VR, but for real life in a way. Like, let's so, say um, Ryan Reynolds is in this video game, but he doesn't realize it's a video game. Keeps living the same day or something. And then, yeah, the trailers look really good. So, yeah, very excited yeah. for that. I think it's out of the movies in America at the moment, but we haven't got it here yet. Nice. So, yeah. All right. Um, I want to shout out my buddy, Abel, who I work alongside at the Steam Project. Um he is just a great guy, um, super hardworking, great maker, um, great at identifying issues and stuff. And he also has a pretty sweet Instagram at, I think it's pronounced Ayanotype, A-Y-A-N-O-T-Y-P-E. Um, he studied industrial design, so he has a really cool eye for things and is um, pretty skilled at designing in, in general. Um, he also has an Etsy shop where he sells uh, leather supplies. Uh, it's called Relic Leather Goods. Um, yeah, he hasn't posted in a little while. I think mostly due to the busyness of the summer. But I hope he starts posting again soon, and maybe this will get him to start doing it a little more. But yeah, all the leather work and industrial design and stuff on his Instagram as is is really cool. It's a pretty sweet feed just to scroll through. Um, Abel Yan at Aonotype. Go check him out and Abel, post some more stuff. All right, Adam, cool. do we have a yeah. Aussie word of the week? I do have an Aussie word of the week. I have a fun one this week, but it's just occurred to me that you guys probably know what this word is. But this word this week is slippery dip. Oh, you've said this one before. No, I haven't. Isn't that a, you haven't? Isn't it a slip and slide? It's not a slip uh, and slide. Slip and slide is the water thing, right? Yeah. yeah Wait, no, oh, no, I know what it is because from the Big Les show. Uh, of course. Which I told you about, but you, you haven't seen that, right? You haven't seen the Big Les show? I, I, I know what it is. Isn't that like just a slide in a park? Yeah. A what? Everyone should go watch the Big Les show. It's hilarious. A slide. But no, what is slide. the word? Slippery dip. Two words. A slippery dip. I would never slippery. have gotten that. Yeah. Thank you guys for. Boy, let's, let's go down the slippery dip, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in saying that, I also wanted to touch on, I put a story up on my, on my Instagram the other day asking if people make roasts on their barbecue. Um, cause I was currently cooking a roast on the barbecue and I got a message from Jeremy Spess, Speck. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. Um, saying that that must be an Australian thing. And I said, what, a barbecue? And he said, no, roasts. <laughs> oh, roasts um, in so general? Roasts in general. So he said that, um, I said, oh, it's a roast dinner. And he's like, I don't know what that is. I think it's more and of then, like a, 
a British, you know, sort of yeah. So country thing. so so we talked we talked about it and got to a point. I said, I'm pretty sure it's what you guys call like a, a Sunday dinner, um, or like what you would have at Thanksgiving and stuff. And and we got to the point of him saying that they would never call an entire meal a roast. Yeah, it's accurate. Huh. It's, which I don't think I found that's very a- interesting. Well, that's I would definitely call it a roast dinner in Canada. Yeah, I, it does sound very British from an American perspective. Mm. Yeah, which is you know the thing with a lot of Canadian English. A lot of it does sound pretty British because it's mostly just British English with a Canadian accent. You know what's interesting about this whole thing is that I always thought his name was Jeremy Spence. Ooh, and I just looked at it. There's no end. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Jeremy. Yes, and I do apologize. I'm sure I botched your last name. yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. All right. On that. Yes, move on. <laughs> uh, TF Turning, thank you for the theme music. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Clampcast or The Clampcast everywhere. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Check it out. There's a website yeah. as well. Um, also, I want to thank our guest, Molly, for coming on. Oh, yeah. No problem. I'll see you again yeah. in like a month or so. Um, Oh, also, oh, I forgot to make a joke at the beginning. Uh, if you didn't like the show notes last week, it's because I couldn't do them because my computer broke. So send your hate mail to Adam or Grant. I don't know which one of you ended up doing it. Grant. Raises Wait, last address. week? That was two weeks ago. You did them. Yeah, two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, you did them last week. Yeah. All right. We're going to go talk in the after show. And if you want to listen to that, you can support us on Patreon. Bye. Goodbye. See ya. Oh, I can just start. I don't need to wait till Adam gets his commendation. <laughs> yeah, I was, right. I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hello and whoa, that was really excited. I'll do the try that again. <laughs>